From the European Broadcasting Union in Geneva, this is the Eurovision News Podcast. A very big welcome to the podcast to our guest, Zara Joya, who is the founder and editor-in-chief of the independent Afghan news website, Rukshana Media set up by Zara with a crew of women journalists for Afghan women readers. After the Taliban takeover in 2021, uh, Zara is now based outside of Afghanistan, running Rukshana from abroad. She's speaking to us today to mark the 75th anniversary of the UN Charter of Human Rights. So, Zara, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor. First of all, uh, as we're marking the Charter of Human Rights, I would like to ask you very directly what you think of the situation for Afghan women in terms of human rights today. Thank you very much for this um, opportunity. Unfortunately, it's extremely difficult and hard for Afghan women to being a woman inside of the country and living under a, a regime that the, the activists, the human rights activists and the women rights activists call gender apartheid regime. You know, like women, they completely removed from the public spheres. There is no education, there is no work, there is uh, even the women can't wear what they want, what they like. As I had some interview with a group of women, that they are increasingly under attack, their rights. The domestic violence has increased in Afghanistan. The Taliban has a lot of pressure and restrictions on the woman's life. In some cases, we really can't describe the situation in the concept of nudes, in the concept of words. Yes, it sounds very serious. We do read about it in the Western press. Do you think there's enough coverage given in the mainstream Western press to this situation? Unfortunately, no. As so many things happened around the world, from the Ukraine, the Gaza and Israel, and so many things happened in the world. And the attention, the international attention, including the international media coverage, reduced on Afghanistan situation. However, we believe, and I personally believe, this is a very exceptional situation in human rights aspects. And it's a very something unique that we, as a human, we were not a witness before like this. That a group of people, because of their gender, should be separated and should be under suppressed. So that's absolutely difficult to say the world has enough attention to Afghanistan. No, it's not right. And even the international media coverage, it's so late, you know, like it's not enough at all for us. Can I ask, um, when it became clear that the Taliban were going to take over in 2021, could you have imagined the situation that you see today? 
Absolutely no. After this, during um, 20 years, because the young generation of Afghanistan and the whole people, they believe that we will improve. We will go forward and hopefully we can solve the problem one day. So we had the hope for, for our future, for our country, country future, for the whole people, you know. And uh, we practiced the democracy, the role of democracy, the role of liberation. And it happened suddenly and no one expected this kind of things. And personally, I never imagined that one day I will work as a journalist in exile and seeing a lot of losing of the freedom of speech, the freedom of human rights, the freedom of women as a, a vulnerable group almost in Afghanistan. So it is absolutely something like happened suddenly and it, it was a deep shock. In some cases still we are in shock. Right now when you see the TV in Afghanistan, it says something like very unusual that we the people of Afghanistan didn't expect it, this kind of things. So we, we lost beauty of our society. Afghanistan is a diversity um, country, but we are losing every day and everything can uh, getting worse and worse. By the Taliban taking similar, you know, like they want one religion, one power, one group, to be in power in Afghanistan. So it's not the reality of Afghanistan at all. That's really interesting to hear. And on the one hand, it gives you a lot of hope because you understand that this is a diverse society and that within living memory, there is something very different. But we also understand from reports that the repression is pretty brutal. Zara, can we turn to your role as a journalist? Can you tell us a bit about your background, how you became a journalist and how you came to set up Rukshana Media? It's a good question, actually. Journalism wasn't my choice at the beginning at all. This kind of work, it was something like taboo in my community and even inside of my family. A girl should not be a journalist, should not tell the truth. And the whole male domination society, like Afghanistan, they expect the women to be silent. So for me, in 2011, when I moved from Fort Wallach to Kabul with my father, with aim to pass my bachelor degree in law faculty, not, not in journalism, I heard many different and common experience from women, from my classmates in university. And one of my friends, she was a journalist in a local news agency. And she said, you want to work as a journalist? And for me, it's, it was something a switch, you know, like she started the switch and I continued. And I said, wow, that's absolutely amazing job to what I should to do. So, and I went there and I started my job as a volunteer to know, to learn how I can be a journalist. So, and then after three months, I learned everything. You know, it was so easy for me to know and to write and to interview the women and girls. So, and I started my work there 
unfortunately, after that, most of the time I was uh, only female journalist in the newsroom. And I noticed that there is a lot of male domination. In Afghanistan, we have, we have women everywhere. We had actually, not now. We, ha we had women everywhere and because of a lot of international attention, but women were not in decision makers team. Women were not in some higher position. So that's why I said, I think we have to do something for ourselves, for our gender. And I decided to create Rukhshana Media. It was absolutely a difficult journey. I got a lot of injured. I mean, <laughs> this injured sometimes comes from rejection, from failure. But the good point is that I never gave up and I continued my work. So that's the result. The outcome is Rukhshana Media. Now, most of the time, the sorrow and sadness of Afghan women, but we at least we can speak up. At least we have the platform to talk what, what we want, what is our experience, what is our complaint. We have a lot to do some, uh, more. We have a lot of complaint from the male domination, from the patriarchy society, and from the injustice, from the policy makers. And we have a lot of complaint from the politics games that sometimes it's really, really heartbroken for us. But tell me, so you had uh, your struggle prior to the Taliban during the time that you set up Rukhshana, which is obviously a huge achievement in any society is to set up your own media organization and, you know, to have the idea and to make it work. But you're saying that even before the Taliban, it was very difficult to get it off the ground because of conservative attitudes. Absolutely. In Afghanistan, we had a lot of opportunities. But in most of the time, even the international allies, they didn't believe on women capacity. It's absolutely heartbroken. And um, even now, we have uh, Afghan women journalist team, you know, like when we had something like we just heard that one organization gave a lot of funding to one organization of media outlets that they running by men, not for women. And still we we want to work to at least bring some changes in the narrative that the male domination created for Afghanistan society. And they created a picture that the women in Afghanistan, they are weak, they don't have enough capacity, which is wrong. I believe it's absolutely wrong. Yes, I mean, clearly you had a big mission and you still have it. Can you tell us how your mission has changed since you were forced to leave in 2021? Um, actually, I and Rukhshana Media, I have a mission to open the gateway and through this door, the Afghan woman voice can resound, which has given me an amazing feeling. But however, it's difficult. It is still, I'm struggling with a lot of things. You know, the first thing, I must work hard to make sure that we have this ability to continue our work. And I should make sure that 
we will uh, have funding for the next year. And also, when you're working in exile, it means that you are completely out of your comfort zone and you accepted these challenges. <laughs> it's so difficult to describe, you know, like you have to do a lot of things. You must to be careful with the safety of your family, your colleagues, your other people, even the people who wants to speak with you, who wants to interview with you. And I had a conversation with a friend, a couple of my friends, and I just asked them their advice. You know, like in Russiana media, the women, they want to speak with us. They want to share their experience. But in the result, when we were publishing their stories, so this kind of story will put a lot of pressure again on that woman's life. And it's so complicated. But the good point is that still we have this ability to continue our work, to continue our mission and to struggle. And it's kind of resilience, it's kind of a struggle and fighting for the next generation. I'm full of admiration for the struggle that you've had and the achievements that you continue to manage. I wanted to go a little bit into what you mentioned about how some of the stories you have to be very careful about keeping people secure. Can you go into a bit more detail and tell us what kind of story you might be reporting on from outside? Uh, I know you can't give us details for security reasons on how you report, but what kind of stories are you able to report and why are they dangerous for people still in Afghanistan? Unfortunately, Afghanistan, after the 15th of August 2021, it's absolutely facing with the censorship, with the dictatorship. And even the people inside of the country, they are not able to criticize against the Taliban policy on social media. And being an independent journalism is absolutely a serious crime right now. If you want to tell the truth, you are first to present to torture and to arrest. So for Rukhshana Media, the first thing is that we have to change all the names and we are using every time the pseudonyms for, for people, for our colleagues even. And uh, the other thing that my uh, colleague inside of Afghanistan, they are not allowed to do something in public. A male journalist can't interview a woman and a woman journalist can't uh, interview a man in Afghanistan. Can I just stop you there and ask, so the correspondents that you still have inside Afghanistan, they are finding stories, they're talking to women, they're talking to men, and they're giving you their copy. They're sending it out to you or they're phoning it out to you, however that reporting process happens. But does it mean that your correspondents have to be incognito? They cannot get accreditation. They cannot be seen to be reporting. Is that right? Yes, they are in hiding. They, they are doing uh, something secretly, not openly. They are, they are very brave. They know about how 
is a risky job they are doing. They are taking a high risk. They are kind of segregation, you know, like they are kind of uh, dedication. Yes, it's so difficult. When I have some conversation with them, most of them, they don't know each other. When I ask them, uh, do you know about how it's a risky work that you're doing? And they say, yes, we are aware what we are doing, but we have no choice. We have one choice and uh, we have to continue. We have to fight for very, very basic things, uh, basic rights. And also um, they are saying if we are right now under pressure, it's not something that we should give up and that we should uh, accept the Taliban ideology or the other uh, injustice around us. We should fight, we should talk. So it gives us something like very helpful feeling that we will do something for our future. Yes, I mean, it's extremely courageous on both sides, I think, of this enterprise. Can you give me an example of the kind of stories that you and your correspondents really want to report? What are the stories that are burning at the moment in Afghanistan? Um, we're working actually in two parts, particularly. One is about the women achievement. We want to tell the world it's not almost suffering. It's not almost uh, the story of violence. Uh, however, women are under pressure, under violence. Uh, you know, like... Uh, I think it was um, one month ago when uh, we published a story about two teenage girls that they just finished their schools and uh, they wrote a, a book, a novel, a poem, and they shared their experience and they said it was so nice to report the achievement of women and, and their struggles. And another story that women and girls, they just want to create something, right? And another thing that it's very obvious in Afghanistan is the other stories that we are publishing is about violence, about the women experience, how they are facing with these misogynistic groups, how they are working and struggling and standing against this patriarchy society and also how they are fighting for something simple. You know, like inside of the home, uh, they are facing with the male domination. Outside of the home, it's the same. And it's absolutely heartbroken. You know, like I have, personally, I received a lot of images that show how the women getting injured. They, they have been beaten by Taliban groups, by, uh, by men members in ho their homes. So it's absolutely heartbroken. So for Rukshana Media, we can say it is a collection of the sorrow, the sadness, and also achievement and happiness of women of Afghanistan. That's amazing. I was actually going to ask you about within this whole scenario, what are your hopes? not just for next year, not just for the new year, 
But going forward, where are you getting your strength? What do you hope for? To be hopeful, it's um, I think it's now something for us we must do. We must to be hopeful. But for me personally, when I am seeing the group of Afghan women that they are protesting against the Taliban, they are saying no to the Taliban. That means women in Afghanistan, they are wisdom enough. They are courage enough and they are powerful enough. So when I was a child, my mom and other women, they hadn't this kind of struggle. But in my age, the young generation of Afghanistan, especially women, they have this kind of things that we have to reduce. We have to reject something. You know, like the male domination is always a problem. It's a wrong structure. And also this kind of ideology, that why the religious people, they are using women as a tools. I really want to be hopeful for, for the future of Afghanistan, for women. And the next generation of Afghanistan will be hopefully free from this kind of ideology. Thank you, Zara. And Rukshana Media will be helping from here and hopefully back home as soon as it can. Thank you very much for talking to us. It's been very inspirational. And EBU News would like to wish you all the very best. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and telling a friend about us. This is Laurent Fratt, producer of the podcast. The music was created by Mickey Curling, and Martin Lonesser took care of the sound. Thank you from all of us.